welcome to Beers and Buckets, the podcast for degenerates like us who like to drink beer and watch college college basketball. I'm your host, Connor Caldwell. I'm joined by Steven Rodriguez of the Talking Tech Pod. This is episode appearance number five, technically for him, but number four were actually recorded. So, Steven, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to hopefully get everything recorded and out to the people this time. Uh, sorry for the... Uh, for the mishaps on on my end there, but no, uh, no, man, it has been it has been fun uh, to start college basketball season. So glad it's back. So glad I can annoy my fiance by turning on a game every night. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> she, she's very upset, but I'm I'm very happy. Yes, there you go. Yeah, no, my my mm-hmm. wife, same way, same way with my wife right now. <laughs> so uh, it was everything I could do to watch the Kentucky game and then record after and it was mm. like pulling teeth, you know, whatever. But, oh yeah. Um all that to say is we have a fun episode planned for you tonight. Dow will join us in a little bit. Uh but for right now we're gonna jump into talking college hoops. Uh like let's not waste any more time about it. There's been a lot of good teams, a lot of upsets lately. So we're just gonna get into the segment. So the week two review, here we go. First segment is I told you so. It's games that we seem irrationally confident about. Steven, what were you irrationally confident about last week in the game or any team there? Now, the people didn't get to listen to the Big 12 preview, but I was not as high on TCU as a lot of others were. Some people were calling them a Final Four caliber team. Uh, I don't mean to talk about Dow when he's not here, but he was <laughs> one of those. Uh, but I just I watched those first two TCU games, and I'm just like, there, there's something wrong there's some wrong with the team right now. They are not gelling. They are not flowing. And for a team that returned five starters, I know they haven't had Damian Ball because he's dealing with his uh, suspension. You know, whatever the NCAA BS. So um, stupid. Yeah, and then uh, they go up against Northwestern State, a team that I just I watched Texas Tech beat on opening night uh, pretty handedly, um, and they blew one at home uh, to them and. Um, I know Mike Miles. I mean, you still got to beat Northwestern State because they're not they're not good at all. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a tough start for the Horn Frogs. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I don't think it's a start anybody expected. They dropped like thirty spots within the first week on Ken Palm. So mm-hmm. uh, very interesting to see how it plays out and how they turn their season around. Maybe, but I don't know. It's not looking great so far. Um, I was irrationally confident confident about FAU beating UF. Like I had no reason to be, other than it just seemed like a like the, like one of those games that UF would drop early. And mm-hmm. uh, I was right; they lost by two. Didn't look great. Um, so we'll see. But they they end up coming back on Florida State, which I wasn't confident on that win for Florida State, and I shouldn't have bought anything on it like I did like I did for Dow. But oh well. Uh, but yeah, no FAU over UF. Not that I was confident in FAU. It was more my uh, my lack of confidence in UF winning that game, and it turned out to be right. But, I mean, that's not a terrible loss. I think FAU is ranked 76, so pretty decent squad all around. Um, but, yeah, so sure. let's move on. Humble Pie is teams that we we're definitely too low on. Who is a team right now that you were too low on to start the year, and now you're seeing, like, oh, man, I need to take a slice of this Humble Pie? No, I won't say Texas here. Uh, everybody <laughs> that has listened to me and knows our podcast is, uh, you know, we hate Texas over here. But they played great against Gonzaga. Um, I'm not going to put them on my humble pie yet um, just because they beat a, a good Gonzaga team at home. Uh, I'm not going to put them there yet. I am going to put another Big 12 team in Kansas, though. Um, Kansas, Man. they lost so much from that championship team, 
And I just did not know how Jalen Wilson was going to take the reins here and be the best player. And he's done a really good job of doing that. I mean, they beat a, a good Duke team to start off the year. I did not think Kansas was going to be competitive in that game, to be quite honest with you. And uh, they ended up beating them. So uh, I will I will take some humble pie on Kansas right now. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see as the season goes. It's still early, but uh, Kansas yeah. looks like Kansas. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough, though, because, like, that, that game was so weird because you had yeah. Kansas, like, up early by double digits. Then Duke rallies back, and they go up double digits. And then Kansas mm-hmm. comes back and ends up winning it, uh, winning it by five there. And Grady Dick had, like, the last seven points and then, like, yeah. three assists or something crazy like that. Kick and ball. But then you have Kansas mm-hmm. going the very next game and only winning by six to Southern Utah. Yeah. And at one point, Southern Utah was, like, right there about to take the lead. So just a weird, weird up-and-down season for college basketball all around. So I'm not ready to eat a humble pie in Kansas just yet. Um, I think what I say still stands in that at the end of the day, this Duke team I think will be better. Um, but sure. we'll see. Uh, team that I'm, I'll eat humble pie on is Virginia. Uh, Virginia mm. for sure has uh, you know definitely piqued my interest um, because they they've beaten a good a good Baylor team. Who else did they beat this earlier this week? They beat um, uh, UCLA. Did they beat? Yes, UCLA. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're looking really good. Um, they're Ken Palm fifth right now. And, mm. uh, yeah, they beat Baylor and Illinois. Uh, that's who they beat. Oh, Illinois. That's Baylor. right. Illinois. And Illinois, I mean, they, that's a team that I almost was ready to eat humble pie on because they looked really good against UCLA. Uh, dude, Terrence Shannon, rest in peace for Texas Tech fans because that, that was nasty. Yeah, was you know, crazy offense. TJ, TJ, I, I think most Texas Tech fans still love TJ and, uh, yeah. you know, support him, especially because he didn't transfer to a Big 12 school like an, another yeah. uh, Kevin. Uh, the, worst say, Kevin, but, yeah. uh, the worst Kevin. The worst Kevin. But, no, TJ, <laughs> I think everybody's going to learn TJ's hot and cold, man. He can be yeah. – he can look like the best player in college basketball one night, and then one night it can look like he doesn't move right and he misses everything. And, um, yep. you know, I, I wish the best for TJ. Uh, I won't say I root for him – you know, like every game anymore, like a lot of Texas Tech fans want to say. But, yeah, um, yeah it was it was definitely – it was fun to see that game because you really saw who Terrence Shannon can be. Uh, I mean, he was like eight of nine from three. It was something stupid. Yeah, eight, eight of nine for three. And, I mean, like he was making every shot that he threw up. It wasn't even looking mm-hmm. like he had any – like he had, zero, he had all the confidence in the world, never shot. Um, one thing that I thought would be, that was somebody mentioned on another podcast I was listening to was – that they were they were saying that if he had the shown the shooting ability before he wouldn't be you know at Illinois he'd be in the NBA right now so mm-hmm. for him to develop that and kind of show that he can be a really good shooter like that well is great for him so all love for TJ there um, but yeah so let's move on to the next segment as I've got my eye on you as teams that are struggling to play to their expectations uh, I'll go first because I need to rip my team a little bit sure Kentucky. sure. Kentucky is not playing to their expectations, and it's just frustrating to watch. Offensively, they have really good shooters that can't shoot outside of Rupp Arena. They have they have Oscar Shibway, who I love Oscar Shibway, and I think everybody in the world loves Oscar Shibway. But the biggest thing about him is his ability to play at the next level. Will have, have to show to be a playmaker with passing, and right now he's not showing that. He gets double teamed and he forces a bad shot instead of passing out. If you're double teamed, that means somebody's open. Uh, he's not realizing that, so it's frustrating. 
And then, you know, tonight against Gonzaga, we could record this Sunday night. So tonight against Gonzaga, the whole team was just flat in the first half, coaching to player to whatever. Everybody was just down. So it was frustrating, not playing to their expectations. Um, do I think they can turn around? Absolutely. But for right now, it is a, uh, it's a disappointing start to the season. No doubt. No doubt. Who do you have yeah. your eye on in this season? Um, you know, the the teams I have I have my eye on is really the entire state of Oklahoma. Uh, but I will stay Oklahoma State personally because they should be better. They should have been better every year uh, under Mike Boyden, and they just have not. Um, they had a, dispo- a disappointing start to the year. I think they have two losses already, um, and they're to inferior opponents. I mean, uh, Oklahoma State should be much better than what they are. Uh, they have the talent on their team, and I just don't think they have the coaching. And uh, I think this may, may be looking like Mike Boyden's last year in Stillwater uh, for me. And, uh, I mean, Oklahoma's on the same level right now. I, I love Porter Paul Mosier. I think he's a great coach. Uh, I think it's going to take time for them. But uh, they've had a disappointing start, especially with the loss to Sam Houston State, uh, you know, in the first game of the year. So uh, the entire state of Oklahoma is down pretty bad right now. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. All right, so let's move on. It's time for the What Happens segment. We used to do top 100 teams. We even cut it now to top 50 because it's gotten so ridiculous. So it's teams that are in the top 50 that got upset, and uh, Dal is going to disagree with me on a couple of these because they lost to good teams. I don't care. They still got upset, and it's still a What Happened moment. Um, So let's go. I'll start out. Number 32, Florida lost to number 85, Florida Atlantic, 76 to 74. Gators, what happened? (laughs) Steven, what do you got? Oh, I hate to do it to you, but the number (laughs) one Kentucky Wildcats losing to Michigan State uh, in double overtime, just a a rough second overtime uh, for the Wildcats. You would know much better than me, but um, you know, it's it's these are tough games to start off the year, man. I mean, you you got a lot of new players, a lot of young players, uh, but man, what happened? <laughs> yeah, what happened? Guard somebody on an inbound defense play, please, for the love of God. <laughs> That's what happened. Wildcats, what happened? All right, number twenty-two, Dayton lost to number one hundred and seventeen, UNLV, Ooh. sixty to fifty-two. Flyers, what happened? The uh, running rebels, loss. man. The running rebels yeah. got a dub there. If, if uh, you know, this is kind it of some only Texas Tech fans would know, but Barry Peary, who was our first assistant last year, uh, is now an assistant over at UNLV, uh, and so you know, big time win for them. Dayton was yeah. uh, thought of pretty highly. To start off, they the year. were, they were. A ten is actually not looking that bad this season. Not gonna lie. Yeah, they have some, they have some decent squads in them for sure, but can't can't count out this loss here. So sorry yeah, for our sure. players. What happened? All right, you take the next one. All right, man. Uh, Syracuse, Jim Beheim. What are you? Ninety-five years old at this point. <laughs> uh, t- taking it out of Colgate. It's tough. Colgate sneaks it into the tournament every few years or so, but yeah. this is bad. Number one thirteen, Colgate uh, taking down number forty-nine, Syracuse, eighty to sixty-eight. Orange, what happened? <laughs> These white men are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> number 52, Cincinnati, lost to number 181, Northern Kentucky, Ooh. 64 to 51. Bearcats, what happened? You got rocked by the Norsemen. So, yeah, that's oh. what happened. The Norsemen, man, that was uh, that was a team we took down in the tournament. I can't. It was one of these last few years, but we took down yeah. the Norsemen. So 
Uh, they have a soft spot in my heart because they let us kick their butt in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Kentucky beat them, I think, in 2016, first round of the tournament. The, the Fox and Monk team, I think they played in Northern Kentucky. Oh, okay. Too, so, yeah, same thing. I always keep they, – they make the tournament a lot. They're a decent squad. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. For sure. For sure. Ooh, this next one is fun for me. Number yeah. 22, Michigan, <laughs> losing to number 78, Arizona State, and not by a little, by 20 – Five points. Um, Hunter Dickinson <laughs> went on his podcast, uh, put his stat line out there. Um, you know, said we're there's we're gonna have no problem over here with the Sun Devils. No big deal. Beat him by twenty. That's what he said. Hunter uh, it, Hunter Dickinson is a, one of my least favorite. Not just because he called out Mark Adams on Twitter in the offseason, but just because he's a uh, just a irrational, uh, you know, overconfident play. He's a good player, but man, he just needs to shut his mouth and. Uh, it's tough, tough to take an L to Arizona State, man. Uh, Michigan, what happened? <laughs> yeah, Wolverines, eat it. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that Arizona State, and we'll talk about them in a little bit, but they're not yeah. on this list for the rest of it. But they also lost to, you know, they lost to Texas Southern, and the, they lost to Texas Southern, and then went ahead and beat Michigan. And I think they lost to somebody else. You know, it's just something crazy like that, back and forth. Uh, yep. Number 31, Texas A&M lost to number 140, Murray State Racers, 88 to 79. And that's not John Morant's racers either. That's, that's mm-hmm. just the John Morant-less, uh, campaign-less uh, yep. Murray State. Yeah. So Tough. Yeah. Tough Aggies, scene for the Aggies. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. tough. I, you know, yeah, I, 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 you, I, you hate to see it. You just hate <laughs> to see the Aggies do so horrible in not only basketball, but football and all oh, the sports. Man. It's just, it's a tough scene in college station right now, man. They're, aren't they fighting for bowl eligibility in football too? Like they're, they're, they're already, eligible? they're already eliminated from that. They, they were th- four and seven at this point. There's only one more game left. It's uh, their ags are out. Ags are down that's, bad. That's insane. That's insane. For yeah. the recruiting class and the hype they had in the off, off season, Jimbo Fisher is out probably, so might oh, save well, we'll Williams' job. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Number fifty-nine, Colorado lost to number one hundred and fifty-five, UMass, sixty-six to sixty-three. This is the only time we'll talk about Colorado in this segment. But <laughs> Buffaloes, what happened? <laughs> well, it's it's the former Big Twelve schools. They leave the Big Twelve and then they just are terrible at all these sports. It's really a yep. tough scene, you know. It really is. You hate to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here we go. We'll bring back both the teams right here. Texas A&M, number 46, Texas A&M, lost to number 67, Colorado, uh, 103-75. A&M gets ranked, and then they lose two straight uh, to Murray State, and then by 28 to Colorado. Again, the Aggies are down bad. A&M, what happened? That's crazy that back-to-back games for Colorado – they could they scored sixty three and in, in yeah. regulation and then they score one hundred and three in regulation like insane. Uh, yeah. Number forty Rutgers lost to number one hundred and one Temple seventy two to sixty six. Mm. Scarlet Knights, what happened? All right, you mm. take this they, next one. This one hurts my soul. <laughs> I'm very sorry for you, but uh, yeah, number thirty two St. Louis losing one to the Terps of Maryland, uh, who were number forty two. Uh, on Ken Palm, 95-67. This is an absolute beatdown. Uh, absolute beatdown. Tough scene for St. Louis here. I think it was a combination of, like, they went 2-1 and one on the week, 
mm-hmm. but they played Iowa early in the week. I think they put all their effort and focus into Iowa thing and then looked past Maryland, I think is what happened. But I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, Yuri Collins is a dang good basketball player, though. Really like watching St. Louis. So sucks yeah. that they have to lose to a Maryland team like this one. But, yeah. All right, and then the last one here, we'll talk about him again. Number 46, Colorado, lost to number 80, Boise State, (laughs) 68 to 55. Buffaloes again. What happened? (laughs) The buffs. The buffs. They're just trying to figure it out. They're just trying to figure it out. It's Are they, like, you know, last year Alabama was, you know, they would lose to a really bad team, but then beat, like, Gonzaga, and then they beat some – or Baylor, Mm -hmm. you know, something like Mm -hmm. that. Like, is that this year – is Colorado's this year version of that? Because they beat Tennessee – and then they beat Texas A&M, but they, you know, they lose to UMass and they lose to Boise State. Like, they're so up and down. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it should be interesting to see, to say the least. Yeah, for sure. That's just inconsistent coaching at its finest. You're not getting your yeah. guys prepared for every single game. And, uh, you know, you get up for the big ones or and you just get back on the bad ones. So, uh, I don't know, man. We'll have to see. All right, we got Dal joining us now for the Shark Tank upsets. So we're going to let our guest Steven go first on his pitch. Steven, what are you pitching us tonight for Shark Tank upsets? All right, so I kind of ate my words a little bit on Kansas earlier in the podcast. Kansas is playing in the battle for Atlantis to unranked NC State. NC State is 4-0 on the year. NC State, it's an 11 a.m. game. Got to get up for it. Uh, Worst Kevin is not going to have a good one in here. Jalen Wilson is going to have a tough game. And the Wolfpack are going to upset the Kansas Jayhawks for the Jayhawks' first loss of the year. Connor, who's the best player in that game? Oh, Tricravian Smith. Yes, not him close. Very actually, it is a little close because I'd say with uh, with with Jalen Wilson, but. Trekavon Smith is is definitely better. I just say push like, like, right now. <laughs> the third best player is the best has the best name in college basketball, Grady Dick. But correct. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, he has surprised me, and I like I knew Grady Dick was a great prospect. I knew he was probably going to be a good player eventually. I didn't think he was going to be this good of a player right away. So uh, he's a problem, but uh, maybe he has his first freshman game of the year, uh, and uh, and Trekavon Smith and the Wolfpack. Take down the Jayhawks. What do you think, Dal? I'm super in. Uh, I asked why why Tequavion Smith, or who the best player was, hoping you all would say Tequavion Smith, because I think that's uh, what it's going to come down to. I do also like the fact that it's, you know, in a weird time, in a weird place. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm buying a keg on this one. All right. Plus, the ACC needs an actual win against a good team. So <laughs> that's true. We, that's true. They, they just need it. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple of issues with this game. Mainly is that um, Kansas offense is twenty fourth in in the nation, and NC State's defense is one hundred third. So one hundred third is not bad, but it's not not good either. Twenty uh, fourth is pretty good, and the Kansas defense is actually really good. They're ninth in the nation. Uh, whereas NC State's offense is 45th. So don't love that matchup there. However, man, Kansas is terrible at getting to the line. And then when they do get to the line, it's their percentage is awful. 
Their free mm-hmm. throw attempts and field goal attempts uh, are 17.6. So they're 355th in the nation. And their free throw percentage is 349th in the nation. There really isn't a a weakness to NC State's offense. So it's all, I think, comes down to what they can do defensively. But shoot, if you can make Kansas get to the line and just foul the heck out of them uh, and make them beat you with free throws, that's not a bad strategy. Because then on offense, you have Traquavion Smith who could get a bucket at any point. So I'll go with a six-pack on NC State winning. But um, it'll be tough just because, like you said, location is different. Um, and timing is all weird, so I'll I'll just take the upset here uh, with NC State going on with Kansas. Right on. All right, Dal, what are you pitching tonight? So, I think game I'm gonna take a, a play out of last year's playbook, and I am going to go the Richmond Spiders to beat Ooh. Syracuse in the Barclays Center on Monday. Um, there, no more, uh, what was the little guy's name? Jacob Gilliard. No more Jacob Gilliard. But you still have Jason Nelson, Tyler Burton, Matt Grace back on this team. Uh, Gustafson is there. So still a super, super veteran um, team on the, on the Richmond side. You got Syracuse. Again, kind of a there's a neutral site game. Um, Syracuse defense is really good, but they don't they don't defend the three very well, and that's been Richmond's kind of main Achilles heel. So hopefully they can get going from the three point line. Um, but Richmond's defense is really good and defends the three point line really well. Opponents shooting only twenty two percent against Richmond this year from three. Uh, so I think they get Syracuse. Also, Jim Beheim sucks and is bad. So <laughs> disregard the fact that he just won his 1,000th game, which is a lot of games. Uh, he's bad, and that's why they're going to win. You sold me on Jim Beheim sucks. I'll take a pint. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know, I'll take one. I'll take a pint as well. Um, Syracuse already dropped one to start the year. Beheim is ancient. Um, I, I just... I don't know how much longer that guy has. So yeah, give me, give me, give me a pint on the spiders. <laughs> my, my other, my other game that I was considering, and I, I hope I don't see your thunder, was Siena over Florida State, just because mm. Florida State apparently isn't ever going to win a game ever. <laughs> <laughs> Not until Baba Miller comes back. Free Baba <laughs> Miller. They, 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 the trend. Need, they need that man. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, all right. So let's. I'll go. Um, I have St. Louis over Auburn. I have the Billikens taking down the Tigers. Uh, Auburn's defense allows a lot of offensive rebounds. They're 322nd in the na- or 21st in the nation. Uh, St. Louis has some decent height and length to clean up some offensive boards. And then, uh, yeah, St. Louis' offense pretty well balanced. They don't turn the ball over a lot. They're 13th in the nation in adjusted efficiency on offense. I think that's dropped since I did this. But, st- no, they're still 13th. Fun fact, yep. this game is they're 13th in the nation in adjusted efficiency on offense. Auburn's 13 nation and the adjusted efficiency on defense. So it is a strength on strength battle here uh, where Auburn's offense, obviously they haven't played any big teams. Uh, they're 25th where St. Louis defense 113th. So I don't love that for the matchup, but I mean, effective field goal percentage off for Auburn is 267. Their turnover percentage is 221st. Their three point percentage is 327th. They're just not great offensively overall. Um, so I just don't trust Auburn's offense here, especially 
Um, even though it's at Auburn, I think Gary Collins is the best player on the court in this game. And uh, Auburn's go-to guy right now, according to Ken Palm, is Wendell Green. You're not going to win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Wendell Green's your go-to guy. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that Johan Troy is averaging 15 minutes a game is a war crime. So, yeah, <laughs> Auburn deserves to lose the game for that alone. So. <laughs> The Geneva Convention, I'm pretty sure, has that in there somewhere that that, that shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> what do you guys think? Yeah, my, my boy, Johan, you should have gone to Texas Tech, man. That's all I'll say. Uh, I will take a keg on this game, my friend. Uh, this, yeah, big big uh, anti-Auburn this year. <laughs> now, I think especially especially with... Auburn leaning way too heavily on their backcourt. You talk about Wendell Green being the go-to guy on Ken Palm, but Katie Johnson is the is the third biggest contributor there, uh, and Johnny Broom is second, and he didn't even start. So no. when Auburn comes in leaning so heavily on their backcourt and they don't even have the best backcourt player in this game, I feel like that's a recipe. Um, we'll need St. Louis's defense to step up a little bit, but if they can do that and force a couple of turnovers, um, I like this. I'll do. Uh, we need something that's in between a keg and a six pack because that's a big jump in terms of uh, like liquid ounces. Yeah. But you can do so a pony do keg. A, yeah, I'll do a pony keg. I like that. There, yeah. you, go. there you go. NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, it's time for the beer review, and typically we'd let our guests first go first, but Stephen Formey is not actually drinking his beer on the podcast, so we'll we'll save him for last there. But I, I wanted to do go first because uh, you know wh- where is uh, where is Texas Tech playing this week, Stephen? Oh man, they are playing in the beautiful island of Maui, Hawaii. Yep. And so I went all the way to my liquor store and found a beer that was made in Hawaii with my brewery hey. company, Bikini Blonde. And I picked it intentionally to have a t- – I was going to get a Shiner beer, but I was like, you know what? They're playing mm-hmm. in Maui this week. Let's go with the Maui. So, um, so exactly. I went with Bikini Blonde Lager. It is 4.8% ABV and uh, how many? 18 IBU. So th- Untapped has a 3.5, which is middle of the pack like always. But we'll give it a try here. Really good blonde lager. I mean, like it's if you've had a Kona, um, you know, the Mondale or whatever that they do, mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, just like that, except for it's a little bit more refreshing, I'd say, not like as tart. So I'll take that. Um, 
I can't, I'll think of a comparison for college basketball later. Somebody else go on their beer view. <laughs> All right, I'll take it over because I also brought a blonde a blonde ale. I, I didn't bring it physically. I'm not actually drinking it because uh, coming off a wedding this weekend, I'm in recovery mode right now. Uh, but no, uh, the, I am from uh, the great city of San Antonio, Texas. Um, Alamo Brewery, Alamo Golden Ale is my beer of the week, I guess. Uh, 4.7% ABV, uh, 16 IBU. It's just your classic American blonde ale. I've had plenty of these in my day, and they are always delicious. Um, yeah, so if you're ever in the SA area or around Texas, wherever they sell them, uh, get yourself an Alamo Golden Ale. They are fantastic. We'll definitely do. Now, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, sorry, I'm baffled. Someone on Twitter just said that no national champion has lost two games in November. This is obviously about Kentucky. No national champion in the last decade has lost two games in November when literally North Carolina lost two games in November last year. And now he's trying to argue that North Carolina didn't win the title last year. And, like – Sure, but that's the not like they were in the national championship game, and acting like that losing two games in November mm. means that you can't win a title is dumb. Anyways. I'm gonna take a note out of your book, Dal. Don't argue with stupid people on Twitter. Oh, I'm um, not arguing with them. I'm just, <laughs> I'm still physically in took that information that he gave, and I am baffled. I don't know. Anyways, I um. Flying Dog is a brewery out of, where are they out of? Michigan, I want to say somewhere. Ooh, Frederick, Maryland, actually. Um, but this is a gluten-reduced, it's called Zen Blaster Active Ale. Uh, it only has one and a half carbs and 90 calories. So it's like a weirdly, like, hoppy light beer um, that looked pretty good. Uh, so we'll give it a try. It's 4.5% ABV. Hmm. It's very light, but it has like a weird taste. Well, weird in a good way, though. It's not weird in a bad way. Um, I can't exactly put my finger on what it, it is. Maybe it is just like the hops, but this is actually pretty good. And it's actually crushable for normally Flying Dog. Their, their IPAs are really good. Um, mm -hmm. This is good. All right, it's time for the throwdown games. This is where we talk about the upcoming matchups that we can give our predictions on, any points of emphasis or anything like that we want to talk about. We'll talk about it here. Uh, keep in mind, this is Feast Week, so a lot of the games are like, they're kind of like tournament-based, so we don't have all of the games that we'll see this week, so we can't predict every single matchup because not all of them are determined yet. But the ones that we do know we have here right now, we're going to talk about them. Excuse me. So Monday, I won't waste any more time. A reason we had you on the podcast this week because it's a huge game. Two thirty uh, Eastern time in Hawaii, they take Texas Tech takes on Creighton. Let's talk about this game real quick. Let's spend a little bit more time on this one since we got the expert here. Uh, what do we like? What do we dislike about this matchup for Texas Tech? Oh man, we hate not having Florida A. Mac. That's uh, that's my biggest thing uh, here, and we're not going to get him until Big Twelve play probably. Uh, I'm also not going to get a lot of work done tomorrow, considering this is going to happen at 1.30 my time. Uh, so I got, you know, 
thoughts and prayers to uh, my company. Uh, but no, uh, Texas Tech has been a, they've been a hard team to judge uh, to start off the year because we haven't really played anybody stiff. Uh, you know, Louisiana Tech was our toughest opponent, and they kind of gave us a scare at home. Uh, we ended up winning that game, you know, by nine pretty handedly. But uh, this is a very, very young Texas Tech team, and uh, that's something that we're not used to saying. We're usually full of uh, uh, grad seniors, you know, the COVID fifth years, the all sorts of stuff. So. Um, you know, you have had some freshmen on this team that are freshmen and playing like it. Uh, a lot of yeah. turnovers, a lot of sloppy play early on, but uh, you definitely have a lot of talent on this roster. Um, quite opposite from Creighton <laughs> because they're a very experienced, talented yeah. team uh, with a lot of experience. Um, you know, I think when I first look at this matchup, I think uh, Calc Brenner is going to give us some trouble there. Uh, seven foot one, uh, really as as great as Daniel Bacho is. And I love that man. Uh, he's our only big guy right now. I mean, Kevin yeah. O'Banner's not a, he, you know, he's not a true post in the, you know, and then KJ Allen's backing up Daniel Bacho in, in the biggest minutes, you know, there from, from our big guys. And so uh, he's going to be a problem for Texas Tech, I think. Uh, you know, Shireman's great in his own right. Uh, they have some really, uh, some other talented players on this Creighton team, and that's why they're a top 10 team in the country. So, uh, this may be a tough one for Texas Tech. This may be a real learning experience for some of these freshmen, uh, guys like Pop Isaacs, Elijah Fisher. So, um, you know, I, I have, I've had this weird feeling all week that Texas Tech is going to somehow pull this win out uh, when I really don't think they are going to. But I just have this feeling in the back of my brain that it's going to happen. So, I don't know, man. Weirder things have happened in Maui. Uh, I'm riding with my Red Raiders as always, though. What do you think, Dale? Yeah. I, I think the the Kevin O'Banner is a man that is big. He is not a big man, and that's yeah. kind of the distinction there. It it does stink that we don't get to see Fardaz and Cockburner go, um, mm-hmm. go. But I I've only watched a couple uh, Baylor games, but even though Cockburner is probably their best player, that it just seems like that it's a if you their tempo is set with their guards, which is the mm-hmm. case for every team i mean that's where your tempo comes from but the i'm really excited to see uh davion Harmon and pop isaacs mm-hmm. go against this guard this guard uh for backcourt for for creighton um this should be a really 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 fun game i don't think and like i mean just looking at the the kind of ken palm stuff texas tech's defense is by far the best I mean, they're not units like you have in football but in terms of like halves of the ball Texas Tech's defense is definitely the best um, mm-hmm. unit on in this matchup. So seventh in the nation. That, yeah, that that means that they definitely will have a shot. Who'd have thought Mark Adams has a good defense? Who'd have thought? <laughs> no. <What>? <laughs> One thing that is, is interesting here is that Creighton really doesn't turn the ball over a lot. They're mm-hmm. you know, they uh, they're fourth in the nation in turnover percentage, so uh, they're good at handling the ball for sure. Um, I think the the biggest matchup is going to be really fun to watch if they end up going up against each other is Arthur Kaluma and Kevin O'Banner. That's just going to be like two titans going back and forth. I think at each other it could be really fun. And if it's not those two, then it's going to be um, Trey Alexander and Davion Harmon going up against each other. Yeah. That should be fun too. So um, Ken Palm has Creighton winning this one, sixty eight, sixty seven. I I think the Red Raiders are going to pull it out though. Honestly, my man can't give you a score prediction. But I'll, yeah, I'll I can't. That. I can't either. I couldn't even tell you how this game's gonna play out because no. I mean, 
Texas Tech, if if we limit our turnovers, we're we're scary, but we have not limited our turnovers this year. So, um, yeah. I don't know. This is our first real test, so we'll see. What do you think, Dal? What's the final score here? What do you think? Who do you think is going to pull it out? I do think Texas Tech wins this. Um, hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if this game ended up like – 59 to 57, but I also wouldn't be surprised if both offenses just kind of went off and this was a game that finished 82 to 78 kind of a deal. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. I'll, I'll go, I'll go low scoring just because it's at a neutral site, which always seems to skew like low scoring. Plus, like I said, Texas Tech's defense is, is good. Both defenses here are better than the offenses they're matching up against. So I'll go low scoring and go, I'll go like 59-56 Texas Tech. Yep. All right, let's move on. Ohio State is playing San Diego State at 9 p.m. Eastern time in the in the same tournament, I believe, um, in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So Ken Palm has San Diego State winning 70-68. to uh, I'm going to go San Diego State on this one. Yeah, I think I'll follow you. Um, I, I think Ohio State will definitely give them a scare, but San Diego State's looks solid. I mean, they beat BYU, Stanford, so, uh, you know, they've been tested already, even if those te- they're still power six programs. So um, this is all in Maui. This is a stack field. Um, you know, either of these teams could make a run at it. So this will be probably the best first-round matchup. Maybe, well, maybe besides Tech and Creighton. This one, I think, will be the the next best first round of Maui. So um, yeah, yeah. Give me what's give me the Aztecs, man. What's cool about it is, I mean, so here's Ken Ohio State's offense, thirtieth in the nation on Ken Palm. San Diego State's defense, eighth in the nation on Ken Palm. San Diego State's offense is thirty sixth in the nation, and then Ohio State's forty one on defense. So mm-hmm. I mean, it comes down to can Ohio State get a stop on uh, San Diego State's offense? So. Uh, that's why I think it'll be tough for them, obviously. So both teams are really good, though. I'm not going to lie. We'll see both these teams in the tournament. For sure. What do you think, Dale? My hat says you're it all. the hat. Yeah, you're wearing I'm the hat. Say. <laughs> yep. So. Uh, nah, San Diego State's defense is legit. It's funny because their, their football team and their basketball team play the exact same way, where it's we're not going to score points, but you're not going to score points either. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going San Diego State here as well. Cool. Um, same same tournament, I believe. Uh, Cincinnati versus mm-hmm. Arizona at 11:30 p.m. Ken Palm has Arizona winning 81-75. Uh, I think I think Cincinnati pulls out the upset here. Wow. No reason as to why, but I think Cincinnati can do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to disagree with you pretty hard here. I think Arizona's <laughs> going to take care of business. They're uh, they're a damn good team. Um, and Cincinnati just has been iffy uh, to start off the year. But uh, like you said, weird stuff happens in these in these tournaments. Maui, uh, always crazy. But, yep. uh, yeah, Arizona just added to the list of uh, the stacked the stacked groups here. Seriously. Um, yeah, Arizona currently fifth in the, in the country in efficiency on offense. And outside of Tempo, which is also third in the country – they have five of their main metrics on Ken Palm are in the top seven uh, nationally. So I think they pull this one. I think they pull this one out uh, pretty easily. 
Cincinnati also is 312th in effective field goal percentage, which when you're trying to score the basketball and that's the whole point of being on offense, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Astute observation. <laughs> all right, let's move best. on. Let's move on. We're going we're going all the way to Fort Myers, Florida for the Fort Myers tournament here. 8.30 p.m. Mississippi State takes on Marquette. Kim Palm has Mississippi State winning 73-69. What do you guys think? Um, well, Marquette's the only one that's been tested, and they lost uh, to Purdue. Uh, but Mississippi State has played nobody, and they've beat each of these terrible teams by 20-plus. So, um, you know, give me Marquette just uh, based on them uh, actually having a challenge so far this year uh, and maybe a wake-up call for, for the Bulldogs. I almost pitched this as my upset. Uh, I thought four points was a little bit weak to to go for an upset for Shark Tank upsets, but I think Marquette pulls this out as well. I I like the fact that they have actually been tested this year. Is I think the big uh-huh. thing that kind of decided it for me. Uh, I'm gonna go Mississippi State here because I really like Shaq Moore. I think he's gonna take a step up and be more of the go-to guy. Right now, he's listed as a significant contributor. Tolu Smith and Kiamani uh, Hamilton is their go-to guys for Mississippi State. I think Shaq Moore is going to step up into that, Shaquille Moore. So, um, Tolu Smith has been a, a like certified dude this year, though. He yeah, he is. Unreal. Yeah, so, all right, we talked about Richmond versus Syracuse. We all agreed on Richmond there, so we'll move on. Go Spiders. Except, yeah, go Spiders. Go Spiders, baby. Uh, Temple versus St. John's. It's 9.30 p.m. in Brooklyn. Uh, Ken Palmas, St. John's winning 79-72. I think Temple is a light version of Alabama and Colorado this year where they win the big games that they need to and lose the bad games that they should win. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Owls here because every time I pitch them to win, they end up winning. So I'm going to do it again and again. And also because – Freaking Dow has this weird St. John's narrative that he's pushing that they're going to be like third in the, in the Big East. So go we're going to go Alex just because of that. Posh Alexander. <laughs> Andre Cabello. <laughs> no, we um, got him. Temple, Temple have lost to Wagner and Vanderbilt, beat Rutgers and Villanova. It's a weird, weird season uh, for Temple. Uh, give me, Give me the Johnnies. Give me St. John's in this one. Uh, they're playing in New York. It's uh, it's the Johnnies, man. We need – so there, there's a, a tournament going on in Jamaica right now, which is where Wake is. We need St. John's to go play in a tournament in Jamaica. Since they play in Jamaica, New York, mm. do they technically get a home game? Are they all home games if they're playing in the country of Jamaica? That's the Potentially. main question. Who's to say? I think, I think they would have to be. Yeah. No, I think you're right, John's man. is dope and plays really fast, so they're winning. And Posh Alexander's great. Very true. Very true. All right, let's move on. Tuesday, uh, November 22nd, Liberty versus Northwestern, 8.30 p.m. Not sure the location. I think it's at Northwestern, but uh, Ken Palm has Northwestern winning 68-65. Give me Liberty or give me death. Game is, this game is also in Mexico. Is it Mexico? At the Hard Rock at the Hard Rock Hotel. That's weird. That's that the weirdest matchup. <laughs> yep. 
Oh, Liberty man. and Northwestern in Mexico. Uh, Question: Did Jerry Falwell travel with the team? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I have I have no scope on this game. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Give me give me the Flames uh, for no reason other than Northwestern is a bunch of nerds and shouldn't win at sports. That is a valid point. But I will never pick Liberty in anything because they're awful. So yeah, no yeah, that's fair. I, they're not good. They're not good people over there. But uh, but they'll win. It's the Absolutely. highest. Uh, it's by the way, it's the highest thrill score on Ken Palm for Tuesday. So don't plan on watching college basketball on Tuesday. There are a couple of days this week that aren't great. Saturday no. also. We're going to get to it, but Saturday night great. No, Saturday is not a great day. I mean, they want you to watch football on Saturday. That's what they sure. want you to do. Um, Wednesday, the 23rd, Kansas takes on NC State. We talked about that one. We both have NC – all three have NC State one in it. Um, let's. So Dayton takes on Wisconsin at 2.30 in the Bahamas. Uh, Ken Palm has Dayton winning 64-62. I'm going with the Badgers here. Call me crazy. Call me crazy, oh, oh. but Chucky Hepburn is really good at basketball, dude. I, I like watching his game. He is a good player. I'll give a. I'll, I'll disagree a little bit. I'll go the Flyers, bounce back, take down the Badgers uh, over there in the Bahamas. Give me, give me Dayton. I got Deron Holmes narratives to push as well, so I'm going. <laughs> yeah, to- you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. You definitely have a lot riding on that one too. All right, 5 p.m. in the Bahamas. USC takes on BYU. Ken Palm is BYU winning 72-71. What are we thinking? Oh, man. BYU is the new Big 12 brethren. So as much analysis as I can give right here, uh, I'm going to take <laughs> I'm gonna take the Cougs uh, taking down the Trojans. Trojans already dropped one to Florida Gulf Coast start off the year. Uh, it's been rocky. They played it tight with Vermont. Uh, it's, you know, kind of tight against Mount St. Mary's. So, uh, Trojans aren't looking great to start off the year, and the Cougs continue that trend. I, I'm going to go USC here. I think um, they're super, super tall. They're fifth in average height, uh, which mm. BYU is not a small team, but I think that, that helps. Also, BYU has been turning the ball over like crazy, and USC yes. doesn't really force a ton of turnovers, but they're 351st in turnover percentage. Uh, which is not a recipe for success. Yeah, that was the point I was going to bring up, is BYU turns the ball over too much for me to predict uh, them to win a game right now. So I'll go USC as well. This should Uh, be a really fun game, though. Yeah, no, I agree with that. If you look at their, like, the color coding on the charts, it's pretty similar all around for both teams. So um, should be a fun matchup. Thursday, the 24th, Thanksgiving Day, Alabama takes on Michigan State and Portland at 10.30 p.m. Ken Palm has Alabama winning 73-72. From what I've seen, I'm going Michigan State because this Mm. helps Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) Every time they win, it helps Kentucky. So I'm going Michigan State. (laughs) But no, I think Michigan State started the year. That got, like, overlooked. Yeah, Michigan State started the year playing Gonzaga, Kentucky, and Villanova. So they've been tested uh, more than probably any team in the nation right now. Uh, what is Alabama compared to those? Uh, not much, in my opinion. Uh, give me give me the Spartans. 
So I feel like that I sound like a broken record sometimes because I feel like that I'd look at similar things for most matchups. Brandon Miller is the best player in this game probably, which mm-hmm. makes me want to lean Bama. But I love how tested Michigan State is. Um, Both are traveling far. Portland is not like it's going to be like a home game or anything. I don't know. I, I like Michigan State's ability to rebound, and Alabama has really feasted on the offensive rebounding uh, this year. They're the fir- number one team in terms of offensive rebounding percentage. Uh, I think Michigan State can kind of limit them there, so I'll go Michigan State. But I think they win another close game. I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any stretch. To be honest, I don't think Michigan State, when it comes to these marquee matchups, has the ability to blow any teams out. I don't think they have the talent to blow any of these teams out. I think they're just a really disciplined team and well-coached, mm-hmm. and that's yep. why they win the close games because they take care of business and execution in late-game situations. So, um, yeah, so that's that's where I stand with Michigan State. Um, at 8 p.m., so earlier in that in that tournament in Portland, UConn versus Oregon, uh, Ken Palm has UConn winning 72-70. I'm going to go UConn because Adama Sanogo is probably one of the best big men in the nation, and I love watching mm-hmm. him play, and he's really good at basketball. I was just about to say Sanogo is going to feast on the Ducks. Uh, Ducks are, I think they're down 13 to Houston right now, which Houston they are, might yeah. be the best team in the country. So, um, But, no, I think I think Sanogo is just an absolute animal, and Oregon can't do nothing. Correct. So this game should be really fun because Oregon, they're not, uh, we were watching the Houston game earlier, despite the horrendous uniform matchup and court. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we all have headaches Ugh. from watching that. But Infale Dante and uh, Khalil Weir, Weir are going to be a, an incredibly fun matchup to watch go up against the no-go. They're both athletic, which matches Sonogo's style. That's going to be an awesome game if you are into front court play. True. But let me ask you this, Dal. Who on Oregon's team matches up well with Tristan Newton? Because that guy's balling right now. That's a harder question, and I don't have a good answer for you, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm going to lean with UConn on that one for sure. But Let's move on. Memphis versus Seton Hall. This is in Kissimmee, Florida at 7.30 p.m. For you non-Floridians, Kissimmee is just out of Orlando, so just call it Orlando. Um, it's Memphis. Ken Palm has Memphis winning 72-71. I'm going to go Memphis on this one. I'm not getting burned by them again. And Seton Hall burned me, too. So uh, I'm just going to go Penny here. Connor's just not picking this game because he's not getting burned by either team. <laughs> I picked Seton Hall to beat Iowa. They lost that one. And then I picked Memphis to beat St. Louis, and they end up losing that one. Can't can't win this year. Can't win with these two. Uh, Dude, Kendrick Davis rules. He's a great player. Um, You know, I wanted him at Tech really, really badly. But him and DeAndre Williams are just a a great combo. Um, Yeah, give 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 me the Tigers. I haven't actually gotten to catch a Seton Hall game this year, so I'm excited to be able to watch this game um, because they have a couple names that are really fun. Um, Yeah, let's – I don't know, it's weird. The the stuff that Seton Hall does well on defense is the stuff that Memphis does poorly. Like, Seton Hall is holding teams shooting 21% from three, but Memphis is already not a good shooting team, and they don't shoot a ton of threes. So 
it's like, all right, cool, you defend the three really well, but we're not going to try and do that in general. So I'll go Memphis, I guess. Um, I think their defense is probably the best unit of the four in this game too, along with having the best, uh, along with having the best player. So I'll go Memphis. Sounds good. Florida takes on Xavier and Portland at 5.30 p.m. Ken Palm is Xavier winning 77-76. What do you guys think? I have not watched a second of either of these teams, so Ooh. my opinion does not matter, uh, but <laughs> give me Xavier. Yeah. What do you think, Joe? Florida's rough. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they gave Kyrie Appleby to wake so that I get to watch him because he's a dog. Uh, let's go Xavier. Yeah, I'm going to Xavier here. They looked really good against Indiana. They got burned by a couple of weak techs uh, there in that game. So just all around stupid. Um, they should have won that game. But, yeah, I'm going to go Xavier here too. Uh, so, yeah, let's move on. Purdue takes on West Virginia 10 p.m. in Portland. Ken Palm has Purdue winning 70 to 67. I'm going to go West Virginia here. I think they're better than uh than than they were advertised. Yeah, absolutely. Big 12's a gauntlet like all, every year. Uh you know, they beat they beat Pitt real good to start off the year and that and despite what you may think of Pitt, they're they're a bad team but it's a rivalry game and uh West Virginia showed out. So, uh I think this is a different looking West Virginia team from last year. Um, they got rid of some of the locker room cancers, and um, yeah, I think uh, uh, give me the Mountaineers. I wish Zach Eady could actually play real minutes and not just play twenty minutes a game because <laughs> he's good. But it's yeah. like it's hard to say. Oh, he's going to dominate this like West Virginia team that doesn't have a good center. But I'm like, but he doesn't play half the game. So is it? Does it mm-hmm. really matter? Uh, he's frustrating. Um. Yep. Let's go. Let's go, Mountaineers. Yeah, let's go, Mountaineers. I like it. And then the last one for Thursday: if Iowa State taking on Villanova at three thirty p.m. in Portland. Ken Palm has Villanova winning sixty-seven sixty-five. What do you guys think? I I want Iowa State to win this game. I just don't see it. Um. And uh, we said this in the lost episode, Iowa State just lost too much for me. And I think they're going to finish towards the bottom of the Big 12. And I even, I really like TJ Otzelberger, but uh, I think this might be a a kind of a wake-up call. I think Villanova takes it. I hate to just continue to agree with Steven, but uh, I'm I'm Nova on this one as well. Mm -hmm. Iowa State's like a year away from being really good, but just... A little too flawed this year, I think. They they would have been awesome if they kept Tyrese Hunter. They would have been awesome this oh, yeah. year, but it's just couldn't. See, I'm I'm a I'm a steer from you guys and go Iowa State here because Villa, Iowa State's defense is actually really good. This 26th in the nation, and for some reason, Villanova's offense is still really good and just an efficiency. They're 17th in the nation, but they don't. They're terrible at getting offensive rebounds, and that's where Iowa State excels. They're sixth in the nation. Um, so the fact that Iowa state doesn't depend on a three point shot really doesn't matter for me. Um, and if it did, Villanova is terrible at defending it. So if they do catch, get streaky from three, you know, that's just, you're playing with house money there. 
Iowa State just lives and dies by, you know, like two point shots there in the in the paint. So um but they also they they don't get blocked a lot. Um so they should have easy buckets and they should get a lot of second chance looks. So and the fact that they're both playing away from it's pretty far from both of these places. Uh I'm gonna go mm-hmm. Iowa State here. Mm-hmm. Um all right, so moving on Friday, the twenty fifth, Black Friday, Texas AM takes on DePaul in Chicago, one PM. Ken uh, Palm has Tamu winning seventy to sixty-eight. What do you guys think? I will never take the Aggies in a game. <laughs> not ever. Not one time. I will never take the Texas A&M Aggies in a game. Give me DePaul. All right. Th- this is completely irrelevant to this, but I have to bring this up because it's funny. Uh, have you seen the like sheet daddy memes from the Premier League where uh, teams are like, oh, like. Give me oil money, essentially, whenever their teams mess up. Yeah. Someone edited that with Jimbo Fisher uh, <laughs> and his and his buyout and made them like Texas A&M, the University of Qatar, and all this stuff. <laughs> and I was crying uh, when I saw it. It was so funny. Um, uh, I'm down for Texas A&M hate. This is funny. Also, DePaul, man. I think, is now favored on Ken Palm by one, uh, plus in Chicago. So we'll go with that. Yep. Correct. Yeah, I have DePaul win in this one, too. Um, Iowa's taking on Clemson in Niceville, Florida at 7 p.m. Iowa is supposed to win 79 to 73. What do you guys think? Uh, you know, Niceville, Florida. I am unfamiliar with the area, uh, but Clemson's closer, and so I will choose the Tigers. <laughs> Um, I'm going, I'm I like going that because PJ Hall is cool. PJ Hall's not starting though, which is strange. Um, also funny that this game has two uh, two brother matchups. So you have Connor and Patrick McCaffrey on one side, hmm. and Chase and Dylan Hunter on the Clemson side, uh, which is fun. Also, uh, <laughs> this isn't something that they actually control, but Iowa needs to work on their free throw defense because they are 359th <laughs> in free throw defense. Teams are shooting a whopping 86% from the line against them to start the season, which is just horrendous. For in that, Iowa. <laughs> yeah, y'all need to what, – what are y'all doing letting free throws get made at that clip? Uh, and stop no, fouling the good free throw shooters, essentially, is what that's saying. Hey, yeah, you foul the good free throw shooters, I guess. Uh, but no, I – Chris Murray, I think, is the best player in this game, uh, even though I do really like P.J. Hall a lot. Um, Iowa doesn't turn the ball over, which is also just a good kind of – good way to not um, not lose games, like weird games at neutral sites. So I'll go Iowa on this one. Yeah, I got Iowa on this one too. Um, no good game Saturday. Like, I didn't even put any – There's the throw scores were terrible on Ken Palm, so I didn't mm-hmm. put any for Saturday. So watch football on Saturday. And yeah, yeah. Um, Sunday the twenty seventh, Miami is taking on UCF at five p.m. in Orlando at UCF. Uh, Miami is supposed to win sixty nine sixty eight, according to Ken Palm. I gotta go with the Knights here. Gotta go with the Knights here. My man, new Big Twelve, come on down, UCF. They're coming <laughs> yeah. down. They're they're gonna they're gonna take down the Hurricanes. I'm I'm all aboard the UCF trade. There you go. Stephen rivaling rivaling. Rivaling, whatever, however you say that word, uh, me and narrative pushing is uh, on today's podcast is incredible. Um, 
I'm going to go Miami because <laughs> Isaiah Wong and Naja Pack are dope, and I like them a lot. You're missing C.J. Kelly, though. C.J. Kelly's really good at basketball. He has actually been very, very good. I would yeah. not expect him to be kind of in the same tier with them, but he has yeah. been. All right, let's move on. Uh, we talked about St. Louis at Auburn. We all agree St. Louis can pull that upset there. Um, Santa Clara is taking on Iona at 12 a.m. And Par- that's not 12 p.m. It's 12 a.m. in Paradise, New- uh, Nevada, or uh, in Nevada. Um, <laughs> Iona take is supposed to win 75-74. What do you guys think? Slick Rick. This is the most. Uh... This is the most Rick Patino game. It plays Paradise, Nevada at 12 a.m. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give me, give, me, give me the gales. <laughs> is, is, are we sure Rick Patino is even going to make this game? He's going to be I, like at a slot machine, like just hitting the <laughs> button. Like they're going to be like, Rick, we need you. We're coaching. Like we need you to coach. Um, Rick Patino, the thought of Rick Patino running around in. Las Vegas uh, is a just terrifying, terrifying spot. He can legally get those escorts there, you know? That, uh, <laughs> ish. Questionable on that one. Ish. Uh, it's a sex positive podcast, though. No, I'm going to go with Podzimski to take down, to take down the Gales. Uh, hmm. What do you think, Connor? I... I... <laughs> Santa Clara has no offense out of out of Podzinski, so it's going to be tough. Um, I mean, like you look at their offense, they're in three point percentage of two hundred thirty third, and two point percentage of three hundred three, and steals they're two hundred twenty. Their defense is is decent. Um, the only thing that Iona doesn't really do a good job at is free throw attempts and field goal attempts. They're three hundred fifty ninth, um, so not good at all. But their turnover percentage is like they're second in the nation. So they take care of the ball. Uh, neutral site game, closer to California, obviously. I'm going to go with uh, Iona, though. Um, and that's a lot of game that we have. Yeah. Iona is, it. it's like in Rhode Island, I think. It's like, or it's, it's up where, it's somewhere up in, uh, you know, like. No, it's New Northeast. Ah, New Rochelle. Course, yeah. New Rochelle, New York. How did we not know that? There you go. Yeah. All right, it's time for the last call. What do you guys got first tonight as we depart? All right, I'll 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 end her off here. Uh, you know, we got two Kentucky guys here. We got a, a Texas Tech guy here. We know crazy fan bases. We know overreactions. <laughs> Uh, very nicely. Uh, more, us more so in uh, football, and y'all more so in basketball. Uh, I've I've come across a lot of Kentucky fans because of you guys on on the Twitter feed, and uh, man, that Sorry fan base is lot. oh my god! I was about to say you're welcome, but then I was like, that's just not <laughs> terrible. The, the overreactions that you guys have to deal with are brutal. I mean, you lose a game to a, a good Gonzaga team, and it's like the end of the freaking world. Uh, but, no, uh, everybody take it easy. It's the beginning of the season. Uh, you're going to get some losses. Uh, this is not the last version of your team you are watching right now, so don't think it is. And, um, you know, uh, let's keep on rolling, man. Be positive with your fan bases. Come on. Impossible. <laughs> it, it's funny you say that the world is ending now after the Gonzaga loss, but it's but the world had already ended because That's we lost true. Michigan State earlier in the year. 
or earlier yeah. in the week. So like the world can't end twice. So it's like double jeopardy. It can't happen twice. Yeah. So, oh uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. What do you, what do yours? what is your last call, Dow? Mine. So people, I don't know. This is a college basketball podcast mostly. So I guess our audience probably does not complain about college basketball being a like inferior product to the NBA, but it is. And it is for some good reasons and some bad reasons, some good reasons that are going to be impossible to fix. Like you just can't replicate the shot making ability of the NBA. They're professionals for a reason. They've been doing this for longer. There's a reason that they can do stuff and run offenses and everything that you just can't do in college. But one thing that college basketball could fix is how incredibly dumb the charge is. One, it's dumb because it actively incentivizes bad defense and making unathletic plays where instead of actually playing defense, you just try and get in position and then fall down. That No one wants to watch that in general, even if you got all those calls right. So – them and now they've started doing these like flop warnings, which I, I get if you're trying to like disincentivize someone flopping to try and get a charge. But every single time I've seen a flop warning called, pretty much it's been on the defender like acting like he got hit by an elbow or someone shooting a three and sticking their leg out. And it's like that that's not what we need to clean up about college basketball. No one has. No one says college basketball is a bad product because someone sticks their foot out on a three when they're shooting to try and draw a like three point shooting foul. If that's not what we need to clean up, the charge and a little bit by proxy, the ability to play such a basic zone defense with because there isn't a three second or five second defensive call, which I understand would be a big shift. So that's kind of a hard thing to do, but like the NBA plays zone all the time and they don't have the ability to just like park a big man in the paint. Yep. There are a lot of things that we could do to change about college basketball, even without the skill level of the NBA to make it a bunch better game. And I would like to see that happen. Yeah. For one, it's the only college, like it's the only sport or basketball organized basketball league that just does two halves. It's women's so basketball has quarters, high school has quarters, NBA has quarters, but we do halves only in, in, in for men's college basketball. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so even even women's that. college basketball is quarters now. Like, yeah. Yeah. basketball is the quarters game, but yeah. Yeah, uh, the ability to reset your, your, foul, your team fouls at the end of the quarters is huge. And so, like, they should do that for college, for men's college basketball. Also, bump up the fouls to six to foul out. You know, like we don't, yeah. you want your best players on the court. Stop. If you're going to be tic-tac-y with your fouls, give them more fouls to, to give. You know what I mean? Like they, you, oftentimes you see the best players sitting out because of foul trouble, especially with these archaic coaches that take them out in the first half after getting two fouls, which is stupid. But, uh, <laughs> that's a know, whole, that's a whole separate issue. That's a whole People, separate <laughs> topic, yeah. Yeah. A whole other rant. That, but you know, just bump up the fouls to six. That it makes more sense. You get three fouls to give and, and a half. That makes that just makes more too much sense. But um, you know, as far as coaching ability and things like that, like yeah, it's harder. You can't replicate the NBA in college basketball. So fans, you know, wanting 
for teams to go, you know, three heavy. It's like you, if you go three heavy, you're going to have low scoring games because these guys aren't professionals. They, they don't, they don't, they don't shoot threes as well as professionals for the most part. Um, I take some of these lower percentage NBA shooters over higher percentage college shooters because a lot of them don't translate to the league that well. Also, the longer three point shot, so it's you know the three percent mm. percentage is skewed a little bit. But um, my last call is if you're a fan of a specific team, you can't look at your team and compare your team to other teams if you're not going to hyperfixate on those teams too. So. Plenty like Kentucky fans for football, for basketball, you fixate on all the issues that each both teams have and they have their flaws, but every team in America has their flaws. There's no perfect team. You, if you follow any Duke fans, you're going to realize that they're struggling. Shire is struggling with the same thing that Cal likes to do is run two big men out in the court a lot. That's not a modern style of basketball kind of play. I'm sure Texas Tech has their flaws with Mark Adams where like, oh, he shouldn't do this or we should do that. If you focus on the team, you're going to find flaws in your team. That's just inevitable fandom. We're not the only – Kentucky isn't the only team in America that is struggling on offense right now. Um, Kentucky is the only team to take talented teams and not produce well on offense early in November. That happens literally every year. Uh, so – Stop like thinking that we have the worst coaches of all time because it's just not true. That's my last I, call. I, I would urge everyone, regardless of if your team is has won every game or lost every game, to focus on process over results at this point. Yes. If you if you take a view of your team and say, "Oh, if I flip two threes to win us a game instead of losing us a game, would I be reacting incredibly differently?" Mm to what my team is doing. And if the answer is yes, you probably are overreacting. Like look at the process of what your team is doing because there are things you can take away from the first three or four games. But if it's if it if you're a shot or two away from having a vastly different view of your team, you're pro- you probably are focusing on the wrong things. Yeah. All, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 100% agree. So all right, well, that's it for the last call. That's it for the episode. This has been super fun. Steven, where can we find you, your podcast, and anything that you want to plug right now? You can find us on Twitter, uh, at Talking Tech Pod. Uh, we like while to we have keep it fun. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. While, while Twitter is still going, you can follow us there. Um, you know, I, I run the account. I'm basically using that as my personal these days, so – uh, it's fun interacting with everybody, uh, not just tech fans, but every fan base that we all go and end up playing, uh, you know, meeting people like you guys and all that fun stuff. Uh, you know, the podcast is on all platforms. Uh, just look up Talking Tech Podcast, uh, Apple, Spotify, whatever you listen to your podcasts on. Uh, follow uh, the Nation Podcast Network. We're a part of that. We're uh, uh, a bunch of other Texas tech content there. Um, great blogs, great posts, great social media presence. So uh, give them a follow. Give a follow to my co-host at Tristy Mick. Tristan McGonigal, he couldn't be here, but uh, he's a he's a fun guy. So um, yeah, not like Kawhi Leonard, he's an actual fun guy. So uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, appreciate it, guys, as always. Definitely. Thanks for coming on. Dal, anything you want to plug here? Um, Follow me on Twitter. Um, trying to think of any good pods. I've been listening to recently. I feel like the main basketball podcasts I listen to are all ones I have talked about often. Um, I'm really enjoying Sam Bassini's podcast at the moment, which is one I've talked about game theory. It's a, uh, it's super, super solid. Um, 
I guess my the last thing I'll say is, Stephen, we got to have you on another pod uh, where we don't record it, and uh, <laughs> so we can get your get your ratio back to uh, for every one pod that you do actually get published, we have yep. one that doesn't get published. So uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. To that soon. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Connor J Caldwell, C O N N E R, not O R. Uh, Connor J Caldwell, and then you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at Beers and Buckets Pod. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're following along on YouTube. Thanks for watching. Go listen to on Spotify so we get that download. We got our payout finally. We made a whopping like seventy bucks or something like that. Nice. So nothing crazy, but better than nothing, I guess. So we'll we want to get those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers, so. We'll get those numbers up, uh, but make sure you like, leave, rate, leave a review, please, and then share this episode if you enjoyed it. And if you didn't yeah. enjoy it, tell us why you didn't enjoy it, and we'll fix it. Um, unless sisters were talking crap about your team, and then we can't fix that because your team probably sucks. So um, yeah. we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, um, and then check out the Basketball Podcast Network for on Twitter for other shows like this one. Uh, they do in-depth shows. There's a um, there's a West Virginia there's a West Virginia podcast that's in the Basketball Podcast Network. We have to get them on. Uh, unreasonable doubt they're they're a pretty quality show overall and they have good oscar shibway takes so um <laughs> overall I like them so yeah and uh yeah so this has been a fun episode this has been the bottom line please connor said so and you guys have a fantastic week